Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman. Remember, we have Ram Goldarayan. Today, Masechus Baba Kama Daf Samach Gimel, the seventh Perak Merubah. So, the three Daps we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara asked for the source of the Mishnah's ruling that Kefal is paid for any stolen item. A bracer derives from a call prat uklaw to include most items, but the more asked that it should not include birds, or at least non-kosher birds, which do not convey any tuma, in contrast to the examples of the Pasik. Therefore, the Gemara concludes, kol ribuyehu. The word any in the Pasik al koldvar pesha is an inclusionary term which teaches to include all items, even inanimate ones in the law of kefal. The Gemara asks, since kol includes all items in kefal, without a kol prat uklaw, why are the various examples of an ox, sheep, donkey, and a garment written in the Pasuk? The Gemara answers that the first three exclude karka, land, which is unmovable, avadim, slaves, which are compared to land, and shtaros, documents, which lack intrinsic value from the laws of kefal. The garment example excludes davoshenim musuyim, an item without identifying marks. Pointing me to a Mishnah's quote about one who confronts a Shomer Chinam, asking for his item, and the Shomer says, Avad, it was lost. And the owner then demanded he swear to his claim, and the Shomer said, Amen. If Adim testified that the Shomer lied, and he himself ate it, he pays only the principal of the item. If he admitted on his own that he lied, he pays the principal and an additional one-fifth, and he brings an Asham for swearing falsely. This carbon and additional payment are only for one who admits to swearing falsely. However, if the Shomer said Nignav, it was stolen from me, and agreed to swear to that effect, and then Adim testify that he stole it himself, Mishalm Toshimi Kefal, he must pay the double payment. This is the rule that Toin Tanaz Ganav pays Kefal. If he admitted that he lied, he pays the principal and an extra fifth and brings an Ashim. He does not pay Kefal, which is a Kanas, and is never paid on the basis of an admission. And point number three, the Gemara asks for the source for the laws just mentioned. Two prices are quoted, which both assume that the Pasuk, Imoyimatsa Ganav, if the thief is not found, he shall pay twofold to his fellow, is referring to a Shomer who claims the item was stolen from him. Rav explains how the Pasuk is interpreted. If it will not be found as he said that it was stolen, rather he himself stole it, he pays twofold. A price derives that this is only where the Shomer swore like his claim. The Pasuk says, And the homeowner, meaning the Shomer, shall approach the court. This means to take an oath. This is based on the Gezer Shava of Yad Yad. The Gemara proceeds to explain the source that a Shomer who claims Adam was lost does not pay Kefal. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara asks for the source of the mission's ruling that Kefal is paid for any stolen item. A bride derives from a call prat uklaw to include most items, but the Gemara asks that it should not include birds, or at least non-kosher birds, which should not convey any tuma, in contrast to the examples of the Pasuk. Therefore, the Gemara concludes, kol ribuyehu. The word any in the Pasuk al koldvar pesha is an inclusionary term which teaches to include all items, even inanimate ones in the law of Kefal. The Gemara asks, since coal includes all items in kefal, without a call prat uklaw, why are the various examples of an ox, sheep, donkey, and a garment written in the Pasuk? The Gemara answers that the first three exclude karka, land, which is unmovable, avadim, slaves, which are compared to land, and shtaros, documents which lack intrinsic value from the laws of kefal. The garment example excludes davoshenim musuyim, an item without identifying marks. Pointing me to a Mishnah's quote about one who confronts a Shomer Chinam, asking for his item, and the Shomer says, Avad, it was lost. And the owner then demanded he swear to his claim, and the Shomer said, Amen. If Adim testified that the Shomer lied, and he himself ate it, he pays only the principal of the item. If he admitted on his own that he lied, Mishalm Keren Chomish Va'ashem, he pays the principal and an additional one-fifth, and he brings an Ashem for swearing falsely. This carbon and additional payment are only for one who admits to swearing falsely. 
However, if the Shomer said Nignab, it was stolen from me, and agreed to swear to that effect, and then Adim testify that he stole it himself, Misham Toshimi Kefal, he must pay the double payment. This is the rule that Tohen Tanaz Ganav pays Kefal. If he admitted that he lied, he pays the principal and an extra fifth and brings an Ashim. He does not pay Kefal, which is a Kanas, and is never paid on the basis of an admission. And point number three, the Gemara asks for the source for the laws just mentioned. Two prices are quoted, which both assume that the Pasuk, Ganav, if the thief is not found, he shall pay twofold to his fellow, is referring to a Shomer who claims the item was stolen from him. Rav explains how the Pasuk is interpreted. If it will not be found as he said that it was stolen, rather he himself stole it, he pays twofold. Abraissa derives that this is the only way the Shomer swore like his claim. The Pasuk says, And the homeowner, meaning the Shomer, shall approach the court. This means to take an oath. This is based on the Gezer Shava of Yad Yad. The Gemara proceeds to explain the source that a Shomer who claims item was lost does not pay kefal. All right, so now we go to Simon Dov Samach Gimel, and our standard Simon is a Segway, which is a two-wheel device that boys scoot around the neighborhood on. So here goes. The thief on his Koldavar Pesha Segway, zipping past all the items one pays kefal for, who was stopped by a Shomer Chinam who asked if he should falsely claim that an item he was guarding was lost or stolen from him, responded that if he took a Shvu after being Tawantan as Ganav, he would have to pay kefal. Once again, it's emotion. The thief on his cold dover pesha segway, segway, that must be more on duff, some gimel. The thief on his cold dover pesha segway, zipping past all the items, one pays kefal for, which reminds us, the Gemara asked for the source of the Mishnah's ruling that kefal is paid for any stolen item. A bryce derives from a claw, prat claw, to include most items, but the Gemara said it should not include birds, or at least non-kosher birds, which should not convey any tumah, in contrast to the examples of the Pasuk. Therefore, the Gemara concludes, kol rebu The word any in the Pasuk of Akodavar Pesha is an inclusionary term, which teaches to include all items, even inanimate ones, in the law of kefal. So the thief on his Koldavar Pesha segue, zipping past all the items one pays kefal for, who was stopped by a Shomer Chinam who asked if he should falsely claim that an item he was guarding was lost or stolen from him, which reminds us, a mission is quoted about one who confronts a Shomer Chinam asking for his item, and the Shomer says, Avad, it was lost, and the owner then demanded he swear to his claim, and the Shomer said, Amen. If Adim testified that the Shomer lied, and he himself ate it, he pays only the principal of the item. However, if the Shomer said, Nignav, it was stolen from me, and agreed to swear to that effect, and then Adim testified that he stole it himself, Mishalim Tashum he must pay the double payment, and this is the rule of Atolim Tainus Ganav, pays Kefal. So the thief on his cold of Pesha Segway, zipping past all the items one pays Kefal for, who was stopped by a Shomer Chinam who asked if he should falsely claim that an item he was guarding was lost or stolen from him, responded that if he took a Shvu after being Atolim Tainus Ganav, he would have to pay Kefal, which reminds us that Bryson derives that the case where a Shomer pays Kefal when he is told in Ganav is only where the Shomer swore like his claim. The Pasuk says, And the homeowner, meaning the Shomer, shall approach the court. This means L'shvua, to take an oath. So once again, the thief on his cold over Pesha segue, zipping past all the items one pays Kefal for, who was stopped by a Shomer Chinam and asked if he should falsely claim that an item he was guarding was lost or stolen from him, responded that if he took a Shvu after being Tohim Tanis Ganav, he would have to pay Kefal. All right, so now it's time for Four Blabat Chazar. Dafnun Tess, the Simmer Dafnun Tess is a knight. So here goes. The knight in shining armor, knight? That must be more on Dafnun Tess. 
The knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain, which reminds us of Raisa Nunchas on base discussed assessing chazis, newly sprouted grain which was eaten by one's animal. Rabbi Yosef Galili said, It's judged based on what remains in the field, meaning the remaining grain is evaluated at harvest time to determine the damage of the undeveloped grain. The Chami said we assess the value of the land with its stocks before it was damaged and its value after its stocks were damaged. Thus, they follow the grain's current value. So the knight in shining armor was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain, didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more, minus the weakening of the vine, which reminds us of the Bryce had taught that if an animal ate madar budding grapes, Rabbi Yeshua says he pays what their value would be at harvest. After the more establishes that Rabbi Shimon Yehuda is saying the same thing, it explains that they argue about kachash gufna, deducting the weakening of the vine, which would have occurred if the grapes had remained on the vine until harvesting, drawing nourishment from the vine. So, the knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain, didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more, minus the weakening of the vine. Because he was nervous looking at three people coming, one carrying a fire, one carrying some wood, and one carrying a bellows to fan the flame, which reminds us, if one brought wood and then another brought fire, the one who brought the fire is chayev. If another person came and fanned the fire, without which it would not have grown to a fire capable of damage, he alone is liable. If it was fanned by a wind, all of them are exempt. Dov Samuk, so the similar Dov Samuk is smiley face stickers. So here goes. The man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker, smiley face sticker, that must have been more Dov Samuk. The man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker from the opposite side of the wind, so he wouldn't be chayev, which reminds us of Bryce's states that if one fanned the fire and the wind fanned it, if the person's fanning was sufficient to spread the fire, he's chayev, but if not, he's putter. The one said it should be like one who winnows on Shabbos, and the wind assists him by blowing away the chaff, where he's chayev for being mechal Shabbos. So first three answers are given as why he's not responsible for blowing on the fire. The first one being, he fanned the fire from the opposite side as the wind, and so he did not contribute to the fire at all. Ravashi answers that the liability for winnowing with the assistance of wind is specific to Shabbos, the Malachas Machshabbos Asur where the Torah prohibited purposeful work, whereas damage inflicted to the wind is considered indirectly caused, and one is exempt for mere causative damage. So, the man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker from the opposite side of the wind, so he wouldn't be chayev, got caught in a storm of angry face stickers that poured down from the sky. Outside a house, Rejus made sure not to leave the entrance, which reminds us, Rabbi Yosef taught Abraisa about a pus regarding Machas Bechoros. And you, referring to the Jews, shall not leave the entrance of the house until morning. It explains, Once permission has been given to the destroying force to destroy, it doesn't distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. Therefore, Jews would be endangered if they would leave their homes. So, the man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker from the opposite side of the wind, so he wouldn't be chayev, got caught in a storm of angry face stickers that poured down from the sky. Outside a house where Jews made sure not to leave the entrance, while three warriors risked their lives running through them on a mission to find the psak on three shilas for their king. Which reminds us, the Gemara analyzes an incident in which Dabur had a craving for water from Beis Lechem, which it interprets to mean that he sought the Sanhedrin's ruling on a halakha question. Three warriors risked their lives breaking the camp of the police team to obtain a resolution, and Dabur objected to their doing so. Amram discussed what his inquiry was, and three opinions are brought. Daf Samakov, so the Zimmer Daf Samakov is a saw, and we often use a magician doing the saw person and half trick. So here goes. The magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick saw a person in half, that must be more on duff, saw. 
The magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four high wall, which reminds us, the next mission states, If a fire which one lit on his own property crossed a wall four amas high, or derecharabim, or nahar, or a public road or a river, Pater, he's exempt. There's a Malchuk as well in Shmuel, where the exemption applies to a Kalachas, a rising fire, or to a Nikfefes, a bent fire, referring to a fire bent by the wind. So the magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four Amahai wall, had called the Hakola Fiyadleika fire department to come, which reminds us, the next mission states, if one lights a fire within his own property, until how far is the fire expected to pass? Four opinions are recorded, the fourth one being Rabbi Shimon, who says, It all depends on the fire, which is explained to mean, It all depends on the height of the fire, which determines how far the fire is expected to travel. Shmuel says, The halakha is like Rabbi Shimon. So the magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four high wall, had called the Hakola Fihadleika fire department to come. But they were busy telling an arsonist who lit someone's pile of grain on fire that he was hired to pay for the burned threshing tools that had been hidden there, but not for the burned purse. Which reminds us, where one set of fire in his property, the Chamis say he's put on all hidden items, where he lit in another person's property. Ryuta holds him liable even for an arniki, a purse, not commonly hidden in grain. And the Chamis say, Kalim should darken the hatim in Bagadish, for Kalim commonly hidden in a grain pile, such as threshing tools, he's hired, but not for items not commonly hidden there, such as a purse. Dav Samach Base. So the similar Dav Samach Base is a submarine. So here goes. The submarine admiral, submarine, that must be learned off Samach Base. The submarine admiral who discovered that the uniform he hid without permission under his pile of grain in someone's yard was burned in a fire, which reminds us, although Rabbi Yudah ordinarily obligates paying for hidden items damaged by fire, if someone receives permission to pile grain in his fellow's field and hides items there, Ryuta agrees the owner would be putter if fire damaged those items which were there without permission. So the submarine admiral who discovered that the uniform he hid without permission under his pile of grain in someone's yard was burned in a fire, caused by flax on a camel being ignited by near Hanukkah, which had been placed outside the submarine accessory store, which reminds us the next mission teaches that if a camel bearing flax walked near a store and the flax entered the store and was ignited by the store owner's lamp, the camel's owner pays for any damages. But if the store owner left his lamp outside the store, he is liable for the damages. Rebuda says, Benir Hanukkah Pater. Regarding Benir Hanukkah, he is Pater since he has permission to place it there for the mitzvah. So the submarine admiral who discovered that the uniform he hid without permission under his pile of grain in someone's yard was burned in a fire caused by flax on a camel being ignited by Ner Hanukkah, which had been placed outside the submarine accessory store, saw one of his officers who was towing Tainas Ganav, but who had sold the animal in his care, which reminds us, the seventh parak begins, The rule of double payment for a thief is more inclusive than the rule of fourfold or fivefold payment made if the thief sold or shechted stolen ox or sheep. Kefal applies both to living beings and inanimate items, where Dal Vehei only applied to an ox or sheep. The Gemara notes that since no other difference was mentioned, the mission supports Rabbi Chibarab's ruling that Hatoan Tainas Ganav does pay Dal Vehei. Others say this proof was defective because the Mishnah does not say ain't bane. There is no difference between them except the Mishnah taught one difference, but there may be others. All right, so now it's time to conclude with the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we have a question if a towing tine is gonna pays dollar to hay? That's on Duff.
Samakh Beis. Good number two. Which step do we discuss a fire which multiple people contributed to, where one brings the fire, one brings the wood, and one fans the flame? That's on Dav. None task. Good number three. Which stuff do we discuss the difference in Dina between a Shomer who falsely claims the items were lost versus stolen? That's on Dav. Samach Gimel. Good number four. Which stuff do we discuss that the owner of an animal that fell into someone's garden is high if his animal then goes from row to row to eat the produce? That's on Dav. None task. Good number five. Which stuff do we learn that the source to obligate Kefal for all stolen items is from the Rebuya of coal? That's on Dav. Samach Gimel. Good number six. Which stuff do you learn one is permitted to return a lost object without the owner's knowledge? That's on Dav. Nunzain. Good number seven. Which stuff do you learn the source for Kefal for a tone Tainas Ganav and that it only applies after a Shavua? That's on Dav. Samach Gimel. Good number eight. Which stuff do you Rabbi Shimon holds with regard to how far a fire can pass is Hakol Fihadreika? That's on Dav. Samachov. Good number nine. Which of the one if someone receives permission to pile grain in his fellow's field and hides items there, Rebut agrees the owner would be exempt if fire damaged those items. That's on Duff. Samach Good number ten. Which stuff do we discuss? Kachashkufna, deducting the weakening of the vine. That's on Duff. None test. Excellent. That concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Ram Goldhar from Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.